American football in Finland. Perfect Purvis, Jabari Harris, and Robert Johnson give authentic American perspectives on football every week. No politics, no censors, just football. Enjoy the show. American football in Finland. The voice in your ears right now is Perfect Purvis, and unfortunately, my two co-hosts couldn't make it today, but that's okay. Because what I have with me today is a couple of Maple Bowl 38 champions. Yeah, you heard it right. Maple Bowl champions. Uh, first, we have Helsinki Roosters offensive coordinator, Miko. I won't say last name because I don't want to mess it up, man. Miko, what's going on? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, also, we have the very underrated cornerback. Yep, that's you, Rojo. You said that he wasn't nothing, but he did his thing in the championship. Oxley Olin, what's going on? Thank you for having me. It's it's great. I love it here. All right. So before we get into anything, I'll just tell you about the show today. We'll talk about last weekend's Maple Bowl result. I'll ask these two champions a few questions, and then we'll finish up with a few topics about the Maple League season. So heading into the Maple Bowl, okay, it's just me today, so we'll just tell you what I saw in the game. First thing I saw in the game was as a fan – I was unimpressed. I went all the way out there to Helsinki. I spent the whole day in Helsinki. And as a fan, I did not get the show that I was expecting. I was very excited about this game. I talked about it for the last two weeks, about there being a rivalry, these teams being 1 and 1A, like 1 and number 2, and like all the statistical categories. Uh, You could say either offense was going to be better than either defense or vice versa. Like There were so many storylines. The players didn't really like each other. They even had bad blood earlier in the season. There's physical fights. All this stuff culminating to this game, and then, like, nothing happened. Like, in this game, the Roosters dominated, and the Royals pretty much, their defense played okay, but in all honesty, their offense lost them the game. But it was just, it just really hurt my feelings. Like, it hurt my feelings. I, I came to the game, and I really expected more from it. Yeah, I, I see what you mean, and I feel like a lot of the fans were expecting the Royals to put up a bigger fight, and, and with the hype leading up to the game, I think this year the SAJL did, did a good job of promoting the game, and all the other teams too, they're promoting the, the Maple Bowl, but for for some reason it's it's been it's been that way for a few years now, that the Maple Bowls have not but been very tight. Speaking of the promoting, like, my... My timeline, my news feed was getting me excited because there was always like a, a little something different about the game like every day on the uh, Facebook and I enjoyed it. I'm like, okay, this is going to be an exciting game. I didn't have, before the game, I like before we made picks last week, I actually was thinking about picking the Royals cuz like I really don't know who's going to win this game. And then I mean my senses kicked in before I made my picks and I picked the Roosters, but it was just a game that was not it didn't live up to the level that I wanted to live up. What are your thoughts, Miko? Uh, I think the second game that we played gave a lot of people the idea that we weren't going to be able to compete with them because they they won that game pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And we felt that because we played pretty poorly on that game that that's not going to be the case. And I was really, really... like I thought that it would be a close game, but I think that I, I was confident that we were going to be able to win it. So. Yeah, that that's one thing I noticed from both teams going into the game. Both teams seemed really confident they were going to win, and in my opinion, I still thought it was going to be a push, but I was confused on how both teams could be so confident. But it was a good thing that you guys, your confidence actually, you proved your confidence in the game and beat them soundly. So it was a really good game. 
Yeah, and I don't think there's nothing wrong with being confident. And this this sport definitely needs some some I'd say even even more cockiness, if you could call it, like people to come out to with a with a comment saying that you know roosters suck or whatever, yeah. and that's what <laughs> fires up fires people up for the game and to come actually see what's going to happen. And you need those kind of comments and and you know people who would say that. Yeah, it it definitely adds to the the game. But um, the next thing we'll talk about, um, we'll actually go about talking more a little bit more about the game, and we'll talk about why the Royals lost. Okay, so first off, the reason the Royals lost, I don't want to be the person that says this, but I guess I'm the only one here, so I have to be the person that says this. Justin Sadler, that's the reason the Royals lost. Uh, the dude threw four interceptions, um, but just getting more into it. I like Justin Sadler, so I'm not going to jump on his back about this, but I'm actually going to talk about the offense as a whole for the Royals. Their defense played okay. Even though they gave up, I don't what, 335 yards and 20, 39 or 29? Points. 37 points. 37 points. Okay, they gave up a lot of points, but think about a team that's getting the ball more often than they should because your offense is turning it over. And then an uh, offense that gets in the red zone and, and lets – lets the underrated cornerback Oxley Olin get an interception to stop them from scoring to maybe put pressure on that offense that you're playing against. The Royals offense gave their team no chance. Throwing four picks, and not only were they throwing four picks, but their offensive strategy didn't make sense. If you look at their run game, they actually were running okay against the Roosters, but they abandoned it. And they abandoned it to put the game on the shoulders of a guy who's we know he's not clutch. And not only was he not clutch, it was a lot of deep throws. I looked at the Roosters' defense in this game. I actually just watched it again today because I was like, I don't want to – I already forgot about the game so far, well, so many days ago. But the Roosters' defense played back. They said, we're not going to let you have anything deep. If you look at the um, Royal stats, they have receivers who have four or five catches for like 20, 30 yards. Usually four or five catches for a receiver means I'm at 50, 60 yards. So they're giving up the short stuff. But that's not what Justin wanted to take. He kept throwing it deep. He kept throwing it up and throwing it deep. And it's hanging in the air. And the Roosters, really good coverage because one thing I noticed is in Finland, defensive backs are not very good. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to put it out okay, there. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. I'll fine. One thing that I noticed about the Roosters defensive backs is um, your local guys, uh, Oxley, uh, what's the other guy? Vilio. Young Vilio, 17 years okay. old. Yep. I'm watching every route that the Royals receivers are running. Y'all are there. There's no space. And he's still throwing it up. That's the worst part. There's no space. These guys aren't open. And you're getting interceptions because not because he's making bad throws, but because these guys aren't open. So there's nowhere to throw the ball, but he's still trying to throw it. And that's what the Royals did. They didn't give – their offense didn't give their team – any chance to win this game because they weren't playing to their strengths. If they would have tried to do a little bit more ball control, maybe balance that offense with the run game that they, it actually was working pretty well and they've done it earlier this season, but they abandoned it completely and put it on Justin's shoulder and he's just not that strong of a guy. I was expecting them to run the ball more because if there's, I don't want to say it's a weakness, but I would rather run against our own defense than throw that because our DPs go get the ball. They prove it every single game this year. They had, what, 27 interceptions or something like that. 20, yeah. 21, I think, during the regular yeah. season. 20-plus yeah. in the regular yeah. season. And that even when you just throw the ball, it feeds the defensive line. They don't have to play their run. If it's they just go for the QB. Mm-hmm. And 
I was like the first couple of tries they had. It was really balanced. They did take the hitches, they hit hit a couple of uh, curls and stuff like that, and then just they went away from it. Yeah, and uh, I I want to say something about our defensive line. Like I know I know you said that you know we, our DB has got the interceptions, but our defensive line, the big guys up front, they really put some pressure on Justin and and. He, I guess he wanted to make plays with the big throws, but he could have just. I think what he is good at is that he throws the ball quicker than when before the you know defensive pressure gets on him. Mm-hmm. But he he for he's for for some reason gave it up. I don't know if it was the offensive play calling or what. But uh, I, I thought previously before the game, I thought they would attack our linebackers a lot more with yeah. the passing game. I think I said it in one of the one of the interviews. But they they tried it a couple of times. I thought it would work. They they got some first downs, but then. Every time it felt once there was a chance he wanted to go deep, yeah, and it didn't work, and that's that's just it's partly the defensive line he has to wait for it, and the pressure gets there. He's probably not the best quarterback under pressure, but then also, I, yeah, I would say our DBs are pretty good. I don't know <laughs> how, how you compare them or what you compare them with, but we we go out for the ball, and, and obviously P- both Pierre Corja and and Curtis Slater, they're both ball hawks, and and we're able to get three picks total at well, least the first Slater interception was just because Okka was about to sack him and he and just, he just did, threw it up he didn't want to take the sack he just a lot of his throws that went deep not necessarily all interceptions but a lot of them looked like that where you're watching him just say screw it and throw it up either because of pressure or because no one's open and he's just gonna hope that his receivers can make a play because that's the type of quarterback he is he's the type of guy that says I'll throw it up and give my receiver a shot to make the play. Yeah. But he's got to realize these this defensive backs from the Roosters, they're not going to let you make that yeah, play. Yeah, maybe, maybe we're different from the, all the other DBs that they see in the Maple League. But. If, if I'm telling you one thing, one thing I've seen, that's, what I, that's why I brought that out about the defensive backs and even the cornerbacks, especially about the Roosters, is y'all, you guys were playing man, or even if you were playing zone, you were close to the man. You don't see that a lot from the locals out here in Finland. And I, I do say that meaning I've seen enough players. Yeah. But I don't put the Roosters DBs in that category because y'all are playing a lot better than most that I've seen. Yeah, that's actually a good topic that we should talk about dr- like during the winter maybe. Of about, course. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to, I talk, to, about that. Yeah. to talk about that. About that Slater first intercept interception i gotta say santo aravan and he was running with rj long down the field 50 yards he was like in his hip pocket oh my gosh him and quentin Copen both did that in yeah. the game that one time uh quentin got a pass interference because he's in the end zone with like rj and like yeah. hit him before the play and i'm like i don't care if he got a pass interference what is he doing down there like that is that explains how good pass defense that y'all Y'all back end, including the linebackers, yeah. were. And I gotta give credit to our defensive coordinator Kari Titola, who is a who was a very experienced uh, player. He used to play DB back in the day, and he really, I think his coaching philosophy is more like making or letting us make plays rather than for you know blaming us for mistakes. And that that really showed both in the during the season, but also in the in the Maple Ball that we were able to you know gamble a little bit with the quarterback. Yeah. Okay, so the next thing we were supposed to be saying about why the Royals lost, but now <laughs> well, <laughs> <that's> I mean, <laughs> it, it all plays into each yeah. other, right? So now let's go into why the Roosters won. Now, for me, I mean, I could easily just say what everybody wants to hear and say like Jason Taylor is the reason the Roosters won, but I'm I'm actually trying to do something a little different. This isn't I actually was going to go with that today, but since it's just me, what I'm going to say, I think the root the reason the Roosters won is because they expected to win. And they came to this game and they 
they treated it like it was a championship game. They didn't make mistakes. I mean, one thing that really blew my mind when I looked at the stats afterwards, Brandon Connett, yeah, he didn't have to throw it a lot. The dude was 11 for 12. Mm-hmm. He was 11 for 12. That's like, a great stat line. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> no touchdowns, though. <laughs> no touchdowns, 121 yards, 11 for 12. That's like a 10-yard average for a 10 or 11-yard yeah. average per catch. So when he threw it, he's like as efficient as you can be yeah. and not scoring a touchdown. He rushed for a touchdown instead, and he actually used his feet a lot in the game. And just that by itself, like that was just saying, okay, I'm a big guy, Brandon Connett. He knows he can sling it. He knows he can do certain things in this offense, but he didn't have to because that team knew what it takes to win. You took what they gave you. They gave you the run game, and crazy part was – even going back to Jason Taylor and what he did in this game, I looked at the stat line again, of course, Chris Young only had three and a half tackles. And I'm like, that's crazy. But if you watch the game, he was there, but Jason Taylor was better. So if you're listening, Jason Taylor was better than Chris Young in this game. There was a spin move and a juke. Yeah, I saw them both. But I think, I mean, Miko can probably talk all day about this, but our offensive line was was really good in that game. Yeah, They, they were just dominating yeah. and, and just, you know, it's not easy. They put only five guys in the box most of the time, and that's how that there's no one to tackle when when we got five offensive linemen and five guys in the box and they do their job. You know, Jason's gonna run yeah, for it. Definitely an open space. So, Kari uh, Pairen also had 50 yards in that game. So it wasn't just Jason yeah. Taylor making plays. Well, of course, I want to say to the national team offensive coordinator, who is usually over here talking about that offensive line, is average. Yeah, that, that's bullshit. Our mm. offensive life is the best in the country, and I will go to battle with anybody with that. That they they make plays, they block people, they block Chris Young in this game, and Jason Taylor is a legend. He's an amazing player, but it wasn't just Jason Taylor. Yeah, uh, speaking about the offensive line, I mean, me myself, I'm not a big lineman guy. Of course, I'm a skill guy, but one thing that I noticed about the offensive line earlier in the season, I said, I said, okay. Rooster's offensive line doesn't look as good as I expected them to look. But I even said it last week on the show here. They improved. This whole season, like, it's night and day between that first game y'all played against that Swedish team or whatever. Oops, and, uh, yeah, yeah, between, yeah, between that game and this championship, yeah. it looked like you watched kind of like kids who kind of maybe weren't sure about what they were going to do compared to a group of guys who knew each other and impose their will on the team. And it goes back to what I said, like the Roosters took care of this game like it was a championship game. You guys never really looked at it as, oh, well, we're trying to win the sixth championship or we're trying to beat this team if we don't like them. It's a championship game. You put your best foot forward and you do what you're supposed to do. You never got, I want to say you never got cocky. Um, You guys were ahead the whole game, but you never really got ahead of yourselves. Like you could have easily... You could have easily said, you know what, we're ahead by a lot. We're going to take JT out. We're going to give Kari more touches. We might sling a couple of screen passes, or we might do something crazy just to put it in their face. You could have. Could have easily done a double reverse pass to uh, freaking the kicker or something for all I care. Actually, you. You're, you've been kicking a little bit, yeah. actually. Well, I think we had one trick play called in there that was kind of controversial, but I want to say something that, you know, not a, not a lot of, people realize is that the team it's not a professional team but we work like a professional team 
there's the the coaches put so many hours in preparation and and it's on maple ball day or even in, on any game day it's it's all about execution the work is put in weeks before that mm-hmm. and we had two weeks to prepare i think we had nine nine practices and one one voluntary practice on top of that for for everyone who wanted to join so that's that's like i don't i don't think there's any team in the maple league who does or puts in that amount of work probably not yeah and, and on top of that all the film study and stuff players do by themselves so it's just it's just a matter of culture i think yeah yeah, yeah and uh, uh i would say just because we the practices are competitive like we when we go against our defense we want to score on them every try we got like when we go red zone or when we go third down trails I think to myself that we need to win that battle because if we win that battle, we're gonna win it in a game because we are not going to play against as a good defense as we play against our own defense. Yeah. And our defense helped us so much the whole season. They gave us the ball in amazing places all the time. Like the field position that we got, we just we need to take advantage of that. And luckily, we did most of the time. Yeah, yeah, fourteen points scored off of turnovers. That's really good. And I mean, you guys had what five turnovers from the defense, so definitely complimentary football. Um, one thing you always say about the Roosters is, well, some people say it, some people don't. I've always said that their defense is sneaky good, and then this year they're like dominant good. So it's like crazy. Their offense has usually been run heavy this year. You opened it up, but it's been said, and in, in a lot of the the tight games, the games where you need to have a run game to control the game, you guys run. You run if you need to, well, or if you, or if it's there, I guess. That was basically because Vasa switched midseason to like just cover five. They mm-hmm. played cover two man all the time. There was one dude in the box. If we could block him, right. it's good. Yeah, five man. The, the second second half they went to more. They put put Stacy in the box, and that was actually something that we uh, thought that they might happen. So the first week we practiced the. First half that they played, the second week we practiced what they played the second half. So I think we were one step ahead of them. Definitely prepared. So um, we'll actually go to a Q&A section next. We were going to do rapid fire questions, but it's just me asking questions. So I'll just ask each one of you a question back and forth. Back and forth, okay. Until, until I feel like you've answered enough questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so first question is for you, Miko. Um, we're actually going to talk about the entire season. Because you guys, you only lost one game, but all the games were a little bit different. Which game to you was the most difficult to call as offensive coordinator? Uh, by far, uh, the NFL final against Kostad. That defense was crazy, crazy good. I I can't say enough good things about them. They had they had almost like a college level sophisticated defense. They had so many different calls front fronts and blitzes that they had that we really had to fight against that game we had zero points in a halftime and like after every tribe we had to switch up something because they were so good that they would take it away what we did the previous tribe all right all right for you oxley uh i want you to take this opportunity Mm. to explain yourself and how you deserve to be given credit as a cornerback. I mean, if you want to shout out to Robert Johnson, no, go no, ahead. No. Oh no, no, no! I, I think, like I said in the introduction session, I think this this sport really needs guys who are willing to say what what they think. And I mean, I don't, I don't take any. Uh, so I, you didn't have a chip on your shoulder just a no, little bit. No, no, not, no, no, not no. just a little bit. Well, maybe a little bit. You gotta have a little bit, yeah, right? But I don't, I don't really take criticism in a way that you know. 
people might think that I suck. I, I usually think of it as a reason that I need to improve. Mm-hmm. If someone thinks that I, I, I'm not as good at, at something than, than the other guy, I'm not I'm not going to blame anyone else for it but myself. And I think that's – I played this this game for seven or eight years, I think. I tried. I started pretty rare, uh, late. So uh, it's been it's been a very good journey for me. But I've I'm, I've improved all the time, and I think currently I might be at my at my best. But who knows? It's like comments like these. Obviously, I yeah. try to uh, yeah. I try to get forward still. But you know, it's been it's been it's been a learning curve. Well, good thing is, no matter what was said on this show, like, I mean, you had an interception in the championship yeah. game. Like, everyone who listens. So did Rojo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you see those shots fired. So did you, Rojo. <laughs> yeah. And I also had two pass breakups, but that's one thing, though. If there's any stat guys listening, in who, whoever do Maple, Maple League games, that's one thing they always miss in the games. They never put those yeah, pass real. breakups. They, yeah. they suck at that. Yeah, stats are difficult to do. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. All right, next question is for you, Miko. Um, this one actually, it's not really even about you. Well, you're the coach, so it's about you. Okay, so I noticed in the game that there was a couple of plays where Connett ran the ball when it looked like he was supposed to be handing it off to Kari. Like, is that like is that an option in the the offense that he can say, "Hey, I'm gonna run it" or what? Would yeah. You give him that type of you do you give him that type of like freedom or something? I just want to clear that up. In every run play, we have an, some some sort of option. He can either throw it or run it. Uh, I think the whole season, almost like thirty percent of our run plays went to pass plays because of what the defense did. Mm-hmm. So, but I still count those as run plays. But yeah. uh, there were one thing that we wanted to do in this game was we wanted to a- attack uh, Chris Young because it, they left the middle of the field for him so we just run the running back deep and if he would go Brandon would run or then he would pass to Jason like he did on on one one on occasion that scene passed yeah but yeah on every run play he has an option to hand it off or keep it himself all right just wanted to make sure because he was doing a lot of running are you sure not not spilling any secrets for next year (laughs) well if if there's a defensive coordinator who doesn't know that (laughs) by now yeah he's not in the right (laughs) league (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he just, he did a lot of running in the game, and it was just I just wanted to know because it was something I noticed. But uh, back to you, Oxley. Okay. Um, what was the you guys you I said it earlier about the short routes kind of being open for the Royals, but you not guys not giving up the deep routes. What was the key for you guys to stop the Royals receivers? I mean, it was a lot of talk about how good they were going to be, and obviously. RJ Long is RJ Long, but he only had seventy yards, and everyone else was like under thirty. So yeah, so I I'd say from my point of view, well, I usually go up against the, a little bit taller guys because I think right now I'm probably the tallest corner in our team, and the the thing with them is that once you get physical with them, they they rarely know how what to do, mm. so that messes up their timing completely, and that's what we try to do. And another thing with with D, DBs is that preventing the first down is crucial. So if they get seven yards, eight, even eight yards, even nine yards, but don't get the first down, it's fine. You sh- most of the time, they can't keep up going for plays like that that are mm-hmm. under ten yards. So our defense, I think, it is based on the idea that you can try to, you know, go for it with a with a quick passing game, but you'll fail eventually because of our pass rush, because of our ball hawking DBs, and then we'll get the in- interceptions that way or fumbles or whatever. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so back to you, Coach Miko. 
Um, I want to talk about the offensive line. See, I was going to talk about them. I was for sure going to talk about them. Uh, talking about the offensive line, what do you feel is the bigger strength for these guys? Um, run blocking or pass blocking? And why? Um, I think run blocking because it really helps the pass blocking. Like the loss that we had against uh, Vasa, that was we lost that game because of me. I, I called what, 70% passes and 30% runs, and that let Efe go free just hunt hunt Brandon and we lost that game because of that. So they are really good at run blocking. They got get their combo blocking is almost like perfection when they they get to the second level, they get the linebacker blocked and that gives the running backs the freedom to do what they want. They read the blocks really well. I I would say that they're better at run blocking, but the pass blocking is not bad too. Well, they always say that if you want to win a championship, you got to be able to control the ball and run. And you guys definitely could do that. So that's a great thing that you that you've taught them that they've done so far this season with the run blocking. Um, next to you, Oxley, right. let's go with in this game. It was a big game. Like I said mm. earlier, uh, there was confidence on both sides. Yeah, but I mean, you guys had four no four interceptions, one fumble, five turnovers on the defensive side. Did you guys expect to have turnovers like that in this game? Well, I, I didn't think we expected that many, but we definitely wanted to to make a play on the ball every time it was on the in the air. That's been our philosophy for the whole year, but we didn't expect them to crumble like that. So it, it was sort of a surprise, even for me, that we were able to get, like, for example, the two, two interceptions that Curtis Slater took, and then the one that was that was thrown my way, those balls should have never been thrown. in the air. Yeah. So that was, I mean, I understand it from a quarterback's point of view that he wants to make something happen, losing 21 points or whatever the situation was at that point. But still, it's for four picks in a game. That's that's uncommon even for us. Yeah, definitely. You guys definitely stepped up to the yeah. plate. Okay, back to you, Miko. Offense coordinator for the Helsinki Roosters. What's the plan for next year, man? Your plan. I don't want to know about the Roosters plan. What's your plan for next year? What are you going to be doing next year, next season, anyways? Um, I won't answer that yet. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't want to spoil anything. There, w- there will be some news about certain things in the future, but nothing yet. But don't y'all forget, here on AFF, we were the first one to ask him about it. So when it come out, <laughs> we were the first ones to say, "Hey, we know something's going on. I don't know what, but something." Yeah, um, Mikko can come back here during the fall and po- maybe post those news first. You heard it here first yeah. from AFF. <laughs> okay, um, actually, we've talked a lot about this today, actually, but I'm still going to ask the question because it's the one I got written down. But Go ahead. What do, you, what do you think makes the Roosters' defense so good, so special in the way that it plays? Like, you guys create turnovers – now I'm I'm be honest. You actually give up yards. It's it's yeah. I've seen it all season. You give up yards, but you don't give up the big play. And yeah. You always make the big play. Y'all create turnovers, which changes the game. What makes this defense so good? Well, I mean, first of all, it starts with uh, it starts with the defensive coordinator, coach Coach Titola. His his system has worked very well for us, and he, his his philosophy. He's actually modified it to fit our personnel. And obviously our D-line is, is just monstrous. It's been very good this year, forcing quarterbacks to throw bad balls. And, and that that makes it easy for the defensive backs, I guess. But then overall, it's just we don't really we don't really care if, if someone gets, you know, 70 yards on us or, you know, 
however many yards as long as we are still in control of we know what they're doing and i think that starts with preparation for the game that starts with how we treat things in practice we got a good scout from our offense so we know that okay now we made a mistake it doesn't matter because we know that this is going to come up later in the game and we make a pick off of that or we're going to force fumble just making plays so it's i think it's confidence that is built during the winter during the spring and just it stem all stems from our coaches as, and and obviously we got great players Curtis Slater Pierre Courgeois i think they had 11 picks combined yeah. so yeah those kind of leaders really you know keep the whole defense going up i think right. the red zone red zone defense was really good this season like hell of a red zone defense because yeah. people got there but they didn't score when they got there and if I can say, like, our offense was also, like, we almost scored 80% or even more touchdowns in the red zones. So mm-hmm. the games are won in the red zones, third downs in the red zones. When you get there, you need to score points. They didn't let them people to score, and we scored. Yeah, so. and it's, it's we, we are very, I wouldn't say we're very competitive in practice, but we are competitive in practice. And that's, you know, you get a good scout from the other team, or if we go our offense against our defense, it's it's like playing a whole game during mm-hmm. the week. And that's that's just makes both of the sides of the football better in yeah. our in our team and that's that's a really good thing for us all right that's all the questions i'm gonna ask for y'all right now so thank you for the, answer all right, the questions of course so now what we're gonna do is actually it was miko's ideas we're gonna talk about maple league all-stars man yeah. so uh i don't even know how to start let okay let let's start Let's start with defense. Okay. Let's start with defense. Do we all get to pick one guy, or uh, I think I it's too many if we everyone pick eleven. I, I think we, I think we go, I think we go like one group, okay. and then we can all throw out a name okay. in the group. So yeah. let's go defensive line. Do we have import rules? Uh, just let's go anybody, anybody, anybody. Let, yeah, because yeah, I mean I don't know all the Finnish guys of as course, well, so yeah. y'all would be just killing me here, making yeah. me look bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, defensive line, obviously. I, I think this is a easy choice. He played great in the Maple Bowl, forced a fumble. Oko mm-hmm. has been a force to reckon with all year. Plays both defensive end and defensive tackle position every now and then. So he is definitely an all-star for me. Yeah, Lauri Vainio, F.A. Varaya, and J.M.O. Perino are my other picks. Okay, but well, hold on. Lauri Vainio from the Roosters. So we got two Rooster players. Then then uh, F.A. is from Royals. Perino yeah. plays for Perino the Huskies. Plays for the Huskies. Yeah. Okay. So that's four. I'll throw in another pick, an extra I li- pick. I like those four, though. Like, okay. Because I was actually going to – I was going to – if I was to name four, I was going to say Oko, Lauri, and then I was going to say Perino, and then F.A. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's kind of how it would go. If I was to give another name that maybe should be out there uh, – I probably would go. Um, I don't want to mess up his name, but is it Yuha Uliar? Yuha Uliar, Hamelin. Yeah, the Hamelin guy. From, yeah. I think he's a really good uh, defensive lineman, and he made a lot of plays. And I think with the Huskies guys, their defense is a little bit different. I don't think they had the stats that some of these other guys had. Yeah. But they had constant pressure, and I think. The reason their pressure led to their defense playing so well, and it's a, a little bit different. The stats won't sit, won't back them up. Yeah, but if you can see good players, you see good players. True, true. I I, I don't know how they really bring up the all stars every year, but I think it's a lot about the stats. So that, yeah, that I, I was gonna st- say some of these names might not make it because yeah. of the stats. Yeah, uh, I think in the Maple Bowl, all of Flemstrom didn't have any tackles, but he played a hell of a game. Like, he, like well, there you go. Yeah. Like, 
if you just look, go for the stats, they don't tell yeah. you. So next, let's go. Uh, let's go linebackers. Uh, yeah, true linebackers. What do you true got? True linebackers. Okay. Um, I think Todd Jones is the first name. Yeah, Todd yeah. Jones got to be the first guy. He played. He was just all over the field. But then you you got to say Chris Young as well. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Chris Young played. He didn't play as good this year as he played last year. I felt. But like, you can't take away what he did this year. No. No. He no, still no, led the not. league in tackles yep. this year, and he was still a dominant that, force. That's that whole like uh, Heisman Trophy thing. Like yeah. if you win the Heisman Trophy, the next year they compare you to last year of course yeah tim tebow had a problem with and i think the third guy could be santo aravana he he was uh he was a great you know a a nickel back player if you could say that space linebacker he's in his own level at the finnish players like thought jones was amazing like i i didn't realize how big he was until i like i walked by him like Dude was like two meters. And and it's like, crazy because he's so fast. Yeah, he's that big and that fast. Yeah. Like I stood next when I first met him too. I was like, gosh, this I is wonder like if man. he's coming back to the Maple League next year. Yeah, but Santo, we'll yeah, Santo, Santo is also. I think just well, it's just picking rooster players. But I, I gotta say, Santo is just that good. Well, the the issue with picking rooster players is we have to admit that the Roosters had the best defense this year. Like. Um, we're going to be naming players from pretty much three teams. We're going to be naming them from the Roosters, the Huskies, and the Royals. Those are the three best defenses. Yeah. That's hands down. So those are the players we're going to name, and that's just a fact of the matter. But, um, yeah, thing with the Roosters is you guys actually had a, a lot of linebackers, uh, Ilya Redden, uh, Quentin Culpin. The whole linebacker core was really good, which would make would make it seem like some of them don't stand out as much. Which so I think when they actually vote on all stars, it's gonna be hard to pick one of them true, because they true. didn't stand out nearly as much. But also a name I'm gonna throw out there is David and Zion from the Huskies. Oh yeah, the, he, the he British well. guy. Yeah. He's right there behind Ty Jones. Now Ty Jones, of course, is crazy athletic and has all that speed and stuff. But David was making a lot of plays and he's like right behind him in tackles like almost all the time. They're both getting to the ball. I mean, he's not as fast, but he's. Really good and definitely one of the best linebackers in the league this year. And we can never forget Sebastian Corbin. That dude is an animal. True. Like he, <laughs> from the butchers. Butchers, yeah. He will just he will fly to the ball. Like the whole week that we played them, we were just thinking about how we block how we block sixty eight. How we gonna do? Where is he? Where is he gonna come? And yeah. Um. So what we did? Defense linemen, linebackers. Let's do defensive backs. Actually, let's let's be specific on defensive backs because I hate just throwing them all in there. Let's do two cornerbacks, two safeties. All right. Okay. Well, I, I guess I'm a little biased for the corners. I pick safeties, and this time I, I got to go. I mean, you can't argue with the stats here. Curtis Slater, I think he returned like three touch, three interceptions for touchdowns or two. Pierre Corja, a, a very intelligent football player, played really well, had six picks during the – during the regular season, both from the Roosters. Those are my safety picks. All right. What do you got, Miko? Uh, it's hard. It's, this is actually yeah, a very hard position I, to do outside of the yeah, Roosters. You could, yeah. you could go I, for it. I, I got to say, Villa Valtteri Suojanen is, I would like, at least it, he needs to be mentioned there because he, he played an amazing season for this year. For the Trojans. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He almost single-handedly get them in the league this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I could go. I would definitely go with. I would go with Villa and Curtis. Um, yeah. Not a slight to Pierre or anything like that, but I. I mean, you just said it. Like he he single handedly was the Trojans' yeah. defense and tackling and and um, defensive play yeah. back there. That's a good question. Whether you can you can you know 
choose a player from one of the worst teams to the All-Stars because usually you're going to be looking the at the player. teams. Yeah, you're going to be looking at the teams that play on good teams. Yeah. The players that play on good teams. I mean, the thing that's why that situation like look at if we shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. But if you were to compare like Pierre versus um Soy, then like those are two totally different situations. Yeah. Like one guy is pretty much controlling Doing everything. His, yeah. And Pierre, I mean, in the championship, you tipped the ball, Pierre got the yeah. pick. Yeah. Like I mean, that's not bad. I mean, you got to make plays when you make plays. But, I mean, if I'm going to pick the all-star, I'm going to probably go with Soy and then that. But cornerback-wise, now this is the hardest spot because, in my opinion, there wasn't a lot of, like, great cornerback play. But at times we did see good cornerbacks. I mean, Oxley Olin, I liked you better this year than last year. Oh, yeah. I was definitely – feeling more comfortable in this I, I team. Felt, I felt like you were the number two cornerback on your team last year, even though I was told differently by other people. But that's just my personal yeah, opinion. Okay. Now, this year, I felt like you're definitely the number one cornerback on your team, probably top two or three in the league. But if I wasn't going to say your name also, I would say uh, Rufael Khalifa. Yeah, played a great season. Yeah, now I was a little unimpressed in the championship game by him, by a little bit of his technique and where he was on a lot of plays. But as a season as a whole, he was a hell of a cornerback. But actually, I just now remembered this because I wasn't prepared to do these today. My, my the best cornerback in the league, in my opinion, would be Roman Runner. Yeah, I'm totally on on board with that yeah. one. Okay, I, I was about to say, <laughs> didn't see that yeah. one coming. Huh? Okay, well, well I've, I've been I've been analyzing some of the cornerbacks a little bit, you know, on my own time trying to mimic what the good cornerbacks do, and I think Roman Runner is he is he is one of the best there. But the thing is that we're really why you. In my opinion, why you can't pick him to the All Stars as a, as a corner is that he really suffered a lot for playing in the offense too. And when it counted, he actually didn't play that well. So he led up, I think, two touchdowns against R.J. Long in in the Royals game in Hamelina, at least one of them. And then during other games too, he was just so tired from playing both ways that he didn't play up to his highest level. But when he was playing at the highest level, I think he was the best cornerback in the league. That's unfair to say that about him, man. I mean, from what I saw in, in the season from him, actually, in, in my opinion, what I saw was that, yeah, he did get tired and it did affect him, but he actually was more of a spot work at corner. Yeah. Like when they played the, um, when they actually played against what the Royals, the few times I've seen them, the last time they played against them, RJ Long was actually doing very well against Nico Lester mm, yeah. and they switched. Yep. And when they did that, they actually had to take RJ Long out of that wide receiver and put him into a slot position yeah. to get him back into the game. And he and also had a pick against RJ. Yeah, he dove he dove and got that pick. Yeah, that was a nice play RJ. too, yeah. So I mean and that's what he does is like he he plays both ways, but if you needed someone to like shut down somebody, they put him on him. They shut him down, and that team has to adjust. Yeah. Now, being able to do that at corner is very hard because most teams look at you and say, I'm not adjusting anything. You guys had Bernard Lester going against Rufa Khalifa mm. and said, okay, so what? You know. Yeah. But there, here's another point I want to point out that it, it doesn't show on stats, but mm-hmm. you know, touchdowns allowed and first downs allowed and catches should, allowed. They really should keep those stats. Yeah, but that's that's one thing that I would you know, if there's a fan who really likes to do some film study, they oh, could yeah. do that on three cornerbacks because sometimes cornerbacks look good because of the plays they make, but they don't show up because of the plays that don't get made because the th- ball is not even thrown their way, and I, that's what. One thing I find weird about the stats that are done here in the SAJL is 
they like do your total um, passive defense by like PBUs and interceptions. Yeah. And you'll see like a lot of people have a lot of PBUs, a few interceptions, and they're like top on the list. Yeah. And I'm just thinking back in my mind, what about guys like like Ronan Runner? He had a couple games this season where they didn't throw his way. Um, that's better than five pass breakups. Yep. They did not throw your way, yeah. but there's no way to statistically characterize that. So someone who gets thrown at a lot, maybe gives up six touchdowns, but has six PBUs. True. Is oh he's all star because he yeah. has six PBUs, but yeah, there's no stat that tells you that he gave up six touchdowns. Exactly. That's yeah. a whole nother subject. <laughs> yeah, like I said, during the winter we can talk about it, but yeah, offense I guess next, right? Yeah, um, let's go. I mean, let's go offensive line because I'm gonna be honest, I don't know any of their names, so it's gonna be hard for me. <laughs> so we'll, Miko, take it. The whole offensive line. Well, just just a couple. Uh, Let's not do all five. Sorry, big guys. Nobody cares. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. A couple of really. I think one of the most dominant players in the whole league is Artu Tenberg, center center from Porvo. He really changed their games. Like they, the most of their yards come from behind of him. He needs to be mentioned there. Uh, what else? Or our, our I, we have a really good like unit line. It's really hard to pick somebody from that. Yeah, that, that's why it's hard to do offensive yeah. line. Vina uh, Packen well, well, also from Porto, the big big left tackle. He's a young guy, uh, 20, I think, this year. He, I, would, I would say if we had to like say like which lines were the best, I mean, you're going to say the Roosters probably have like the best offensive line. And I'm going to put – actually, I would I put it a toss-up. I think the Butchers actually would have a better overall offensive line than the mm, Roosters. No. I know. I we know. Have no, we have I no know, weaknesses. I know there. you're gonna say that. Of course, I expect that. I'm gonna tell you why. In my opinion, it's just my opinion. But the thing about the the butchers' offensive line that I like the most is that they they are who they are. They're a running offensive line. I mean, in in honesty, they can't be as good as the Roosters because I don't think they pass. I don't think they pass protect nearly as well. So therefore, yeah. they can't be as good. But. I prefer those big hog mollies that like to run block. So they would be my pick. Yeah, <laughs> and they run the ball pretty Yeah, really and they run well. it damn well good. Yeah. Well, I guess running backs would be the yeah. obvious choice next. Now Let's here, go running backs, man. Now, here's another thing. Like, if you think if you think stats only, then obviously, the, for example, the Butchers, they changed their running back about halfway through the season. Both of them were very good. Mm-hmm. Jason Jason Taylor was a very good running back, but the, you know the Roosters saved him in in many of the games, so he didn't da- have that many stats. And I think that that way you can you you got to make the pick out of those three. But I, I can't I can't really point my way in any of those. I'm biased. If you just look at the who's, who's the better player, Jason Taylor is that, but easily. But the, the usage that uh, Ricky Stevens had when he got there. It's hard to forget that, but I'm not going to pick anybody over Jason Taylor. You can do that, but I'm just, I'm just saying that I respect what Rick well, Stevens I mean, did. But. Let's say we had to pick, like, two, okay? Like, uh, obviously, Jason Taylor, you'd have to say he's the best running back because not only is he a great running back, he's also a pass catcher. Yeah. That's the one thing he did better than any other running backs. He was, what, number three in the league and rushing? But he also put up like a little bit over 300 yards receiving. He had three uh, three yards better uh, per 
carry average. Per carry. He didn't he didn't have a hundred carries. Like yep. all the other running backs that topped in the league. Even Kari had over a hundred carries. Mm. He's the only running back with under a hundred carries. He has eight hundred something yards rushing, three hundred something yards receiving. So he's a thousand plus all purpose, which makes him a little bit more valuable than someone who can just rush for a thousand. Now, the thing about Ricky Stevens is if Ricky Stevens had been here for the entire season, you'd be looking at someone with almost sixteen hundred yards. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that him and Darren Hall were like replaceable. Darren Hall had six hundred yards before he got here. Ricky ended up with a thousand. I'm gonna say he would have got close to around six hundred as well. So you're looking at sixteen hundred yard guy, then you're thinking well, those are stats, man. Those stats yeah. compared to, I mean, Jason Taylor, we can e- easily say, like, if I was making them on Madden, Jason Taylor would be like a 99, and Ricky Stevens probably be like a 97. But if I was picking, like, a Pro Bowl and one guy got 1,600 yards, yeah. uh, I might give it to him. I think the overall season, you need to reward a portable running back. So. Yeah, both yeah. their running backs. I mean, I would say – Put Hall and Stevens together and say, there you go. That's the best running, running back team tandem. So next, let's go receivers. Let's do like four of them. Okay, yeah. So here I think overall, when I think of the guys that were hardest to defend, I was scored on two times. Uh, One of them was was R.J. Long, so we got to pick him. I mean, obviously it's stat-wise too. 1,400 yards. But I didn't play that much against him. In both or all of our games, he was mostly playing slot or on the other side. So... The other guy who scored against me was Daniel Luoma from the Butchers. Mm-hmm. Now he's a young guy. His technique is a little sloppy at times. He struggles against the press, but he is fast. and And he got, I think, he had eight or nine touchdowns this year. He had a lot of them. He had a lot early too. Yeah, and he, he was he was probably after. Okay, I'm going to name the sec- third guy too. So Mikko Seppinen from the Butchers. So you're gonna name two Butchers receivers. No, I didn't say either one of them would be an All Star, but I'm g- just going to put them out there. Oh, they just were out there. Yeah, because I know because I, I know that you guys are going to you know God, name name the obvious guys. Oh, name the obvious Mikko. We're yeah. obvious. Well, after RJ Roman Runner and our yeah. our guys. At, it's a, with receivers, you need to differentiate slot and outside okay, guys. Okay, let's go slot and outside then. Yeah, let's do it that one, way. one slot receiver needs to be Alexander Vasiliev. He, yeah. he had nine TDs and almost 700 yards. I think that was the most by the slot guy, and Mikko Seppanen is the other one. And he they, they had pretty similar stat lines. I think those are the top yeah. two slot I like guys. doing that. I like doing the slots because I was gonna. I was actually gonna say Wasilev. It's hard to like put him as like one of the top receivers because you always think like RJ, yeah. Roman, Bernard, Timmy Thomas. Those are four guys that all play on the outside yeah. pretty much. But then you got someone like him who he never gets to play on the outside. He only plays inside. His competition would be what uh, Miko Seppinen, Spencer Cutlin. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I don't even know any other slot receivers. Well, I, Miro Kadmire, who also played for for the Roosters, had a pretty good season. Tra- transferring from the quarterback position to the wide receiver position. Uh, pre- he was okay. He, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say he was bad or anything, yeah. but, but Miro was okay, but he still has a lot to learn of about course. the slot position. But I think, yeah, if we settle on giving the All-Star award to Seppanen and, and Wazil Jeff, I think. that's Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. But who? So we're talking about RJ and Roman on the outside, or or Bernard and Timothy Thomas. See, I mean, now this is have, where you have to go again for the usage rate because you got to go with stats. You got yeah. two guys who stats are similar with Timmy and Bernard because they're both on the same team. You got 
RJ Long, take him away, and the Royals have no passing game. Yeah. He's more than he's forty five percent of of Sadler's passing for the season. Yep. And Roman Runner, same way with the Huskies, take him away. Every game he didn't do well at receiver, they lost. Yeah, I think I think Roman Runner was hard guy to defend, but he wasn't as good as. For example, Bernard Luster is in our practice. Yeah. So Roman Runner had had about 50 yards against me in the first game. I can't remember how the second game went. Not as well, but but on, like based on that, I would rather give it to Bernard Luster and than Roman Runner. Yeah, those, that's going to be tough because like like you said, Roman Runner plays both ways. Yeah, so that exactly. has a lot to do with his. He loses a little bit on both sides because yeah. of that. Yeah. And we, then, I can give him the MVP the whole season. I was like, if I would have to pick one guy. Roman affected the team more mo- more than anybody in this league. Yeah, so he, as a receiver, you kind of it's a it's a wash for him. My thing is, what do you what do you say about Timmy Thomas in this con in this context? Because he, he is a two time All Star, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Timmy he's Thomas a, comes to Helsinki, and now he's basically instead of the number one receiver, he's a two receiver behind Bernard Lester. But he still has big playability, but doesn't have to use it nearly as much in this offense. Yeah, and so like he might not be an all star this year because of that. But he's still a damn good receiver, and he's also a champion. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably even more important. If he's listening right now, I don't yeah, care he, if you're all star night, you're a champion now. Yeah, yeah I, I would think that he would switch those all stars for, for the, the championships championship. of those years too. Of course. Yeah, uh, yeah we we really distributed the ball like I would say the best in the league. Like. Yeah, the you whole have, four receivers, you two have, running backs. Like. You have three receivers with over five hundred yards, and Wasilev had four twenty-seven. Damn! <laughs> so you you could have had four receivers with over five hundred yards. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Yeah, uh, not even fair, really, to yeah. other people. But uh, last position, quarterback, because this should be hard. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess mean, both of us are biased again here, but. I mean Brandon Connett. I think it should be Raleigh Yodel from Tampa <laughs> the Saints. No, yeah. no, but I Best don't like fingers. Him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that dude had attitude. But yeah, it's obviously Brandon Connett. He, I mean, he put out. But you know, just gonna throw this out here. Uh, Stan Bedwell had a pretty good statistical season. Oh yeah, threw for over three thousand yeah. yards. But then when you compare that to Connett, who didn't really even have to play the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But again, stats are stats. So what you gonna do about it? And also, Sadler threw for over three thousand as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Brandon had thirty-five TDs and six picks, and I think their other two they had fifteen picks or like, yeah, double-digit picks. So that the, definitely is different. Yeah, that's yeah. You gotta go with Brandon Connett on that one. All right. So that's our All Stars. I think that's all we're gonna do for All Stars. Now we're going to do last words, okay? Uh, do you guys got anything you want to say to anybody out there? Any shout-outs, anything like that? Now's the opportunity. Use the platform. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think your podcast has been very helpful to a lot of the fans to get to know what, what's going on, and, and I like it that you guys are doing the podcast, and I, know, I hope that a lot of the listeners realize that this is, you know, all for the good for of the sport, and I wish there was more stuff like this going on like people commenting on games people you know coming coming to the games and and trying to analyze stuff because that's what keeps the sport growing that's what keeps the skill level rising and overall uh i think maple bowl is our maple league is in a huge upstream uh, upstream right now it's going it's going up so 
all this kind of stuff i really like it and it's been great to ha- uh, that you you had us here uh, i want to say to the world or the maple league world i guess yeah. that you know next season roosters are coming and i don't think there's anyone who can stop us is there is there even like a like phrase for like seven like you had six pete and i was like that's not original like seven up seven up <laughs> there you go seven up you heard it here first on aff seven uh, up. i want to say it's great to see so many young guys making plays this year in the league uh not just on our team but there's Tur- turku had really good young guys heikki toivola Thomas Fiedfeldt, Mikko Rajala, uh, Seinäjoki had a couple of young guys playing. Uh, we really need that. The more we can have those Finnish guys making big minutes, not just sitting on a bench mm-hmm. and practicing, but actually making plays on the field, and that's only going to make the product better. Just experience. That's all they need. Okay, so I got to say my my outro now. Thanks to all the players and coaches for taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate you guys coming out here Thank today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, this will actually be the last podcast show until the end of the season awards are released. Uh, what we're going to do is we'll continue to be on Lahi Radio every Thursday from 1.30 to 2.30, and we'll actually start discussing NFL and college football games every week. And we'll try to have a couple of different like podcast episodes talking about different topics and subjects like we discussed earlier. But that'll be on the podcast. But we'll be on the radio every week on Thursdays from 1.30 to 2.30. So if you're in the Helsinki area, you can check us out every week on a 100.3 FM on your radio. And also, I'd like to take this time to thank everyone that has supported us for this podcast this year. Like We really appreciate like everyone has come up to us and said really good things. They like what we're doing. You guys just said the same thing. Um, this was a unique experience for me. Um, I've only been in Finland for two years now, actually not two years until December, but, um, I love the football going on here. Um, I'm an American, so it's never going to be enough for me. Like there's, I'm always going to see that we can do this better. We can do that better. So for me, this podcast was a way for me to contribute. Uh, one big thing I've been trying to do since I've been here is I'm trying to be part of the culture. I don't want to be one of those guys who complains because, it's not like back home when I can make a difference. And that's what we've done with this podcast. We made a difference. Uh, we made some enemies as well. And uh, for all you enemies, we don't care. Uh, this <laughs> AFF, we do what we want. Um, but that's good for the sport. Like you said, um, we've really had a good time being entertainment. This is entertainment. Don't yep. y'all guys take this too seriously. Uh, we know football, but no one really knows football. I mean, the Patriots lost the first game of the season. I mean, stuff happens. No one can predict the future and things like that. But we're really glad that the show is going, and we're going to continue it next year for sure. Uh, we'll try to do some things in the off season, of course. But we hope you guys keep listening. And that's it for us today, and we'll talk to you next time. American football in Finland. Americans talking football every week. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on the Podbean app. Subscribe now on iTunes. Go to perfectpurvis.com forward slash AFF. American football in Finland. Football. Anytime. Anywhere.